Hey, everybody. I'm Mike Reno from Loverboy. Hi, this is Joe Tatriani. Hey, I am Brandy Rhodes. Hey, I'm UFC fighter C.B. Dalloway. Clay Milliken, driver of the Parks Plus. Great Clips, Top Fuel Dragster. What's up, world? This is your favorite comic, favorite comic, Tony Rock. Hey, guys. This is Kendra Sunderland, Vixen Angel of the Year. Hey, this is Jimmy Chamberlain. Hey, it's your boy J-Rock from Sunnyvale Trailer Park. You know I'm Sierra Era Egger. And you listen to my boy T-Biscuit on the Toddcast podcast. I'm out like I sold something. As a longtime Vancouver Canucks fan, it has been a grind. If you follow them at all, you know that we've been close a few times right to the Stanley Cup Finals, but we haven't been able to get her done yet. There's been times where I was a bigger supporter than other years, but generally I've been a fan year in, year out for my entire life. So when I was offered the chance to talk to retired NHL defenseman Brent Sopel, I jumped all over it. The Canucks selected Sopel in 95 in the entry draft. He had a big role on the team for years to come. Great to talk with Soaps. Super nice guy. He is a guest this week. Joining Brent Sopel, you'll hear from Vancouver author and blogger Abby Simpson. Like us, she's also part of the Dean Blundell Network out of Toronto. You'll hear this week's musical guest in just a couple of minutes. Excited as of next week, Pineapple Sound Recording Studio out in Langley is jumping on as the musical guest sponsor. Coming up in just a few minutes in Listen to This, Glory Kickboxing fighter Trevor Ragen shares his thoughts on when parents should enroll their kids into martial arts. It's a polarizing question, to say the least. That is powered by Tedco RV Supplies in Langley. Good buddies. RV service, repair, ICBC accredited. Find them online. Say that five times fast. Find them online at TedcoRVSuppliesInc.com. First, let's do this. Our first guest of three, this week's musical guest. I don't know how, but they found me singer Dallin Weeks. Okay, I Don't Know How is a duo from Salt Lake City, Utah. They got their start in 2016. It's Dallin and his longtime drummer buddy, Ryan Seaman. You'll know Dallin from his time with Panic at the Disco. You'll know Ryan from his time in Falling in Reverse. Pretty cool that a couple longtime buddies just carving out another project together, another band, after being in successful projects prior to forming I don't know how, but they found me. They had a big tour with Silver Sun Pickups. Remember that? When bands could actually play live? In 2019, they had a big tour with those guys. We talked to them about COVID and how they move on with the band in this pandemic world. Hear that in the full conversation. Search it out through Toddcast Podcast. Again, on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud. In the meantime, here's 10 minutes with... I don't know how, but they found me, singer Dallin Weeks. The Toddcast Podcast. In the Weeks house, what are your parents playing as you're a kid growing up? Like, what are you being exposed to? Oh, man. They, you know, when we would clean the house on Saturday, it seemed that my parents would always put on either the, the oldie station or just basic middle of the road top 40 stuff. Yeah. I, I grew up with that sort of, you know, stuff floating in the ether around me. I didn't really pay attention to it, but I was like, semi-aware of a lot of older rock stuff that my dad listened to. And then, you know, the Sheena Easton, Gloria Estefan stuff that my mom was listening to. So okay. I still have an appreciation for that stuff, even though it is like yeah. cheese ball 80s, like Same. a certain charm. Like, like put on a Laura Branigan song, Gloria, and I'm... Oh, Gloria. Love Gloria. I'm turning that up. <laughs> every, every single talent show that you went to had a teenage girl that was dancing to Gloria. Right. Kind of like a, almost like a radio feel at your house then if, if it's all over the map like that. Well, yeah, but it was all very casual. I mean, my, my parents weren't, uh, you know, really big on, on music. It was, it was just sort of a very oh. casual pastime, you know, put the radio on and it's background noise for Saturday when you're cleaning the house. But uh, right, right. It's not an interest that I was really encouraged to pursue as a kid because I, I wanted to play the guitar from the time I was three. But oh. no never really did until I was 15 and I bought my own guitar and my parents were really disappointed that I wasted my money on this thing that was going to take me nowhere and turn me into a degenerate low life. They probably have a differing opinion than that present day. Well, yeah, I think it's (laughs) because, you know, when I was a kid and talking about wanting to, you know, play rock and roll and have that be a job, like their heads go to the the Motley Crues of the time and, you know, these hair metal bands. Snorting lines of ants and yeah. But, but uh, 
you know, when I was a teenager, it was bands like uh, Nirvana and Pearl Jam. And, you know, despite whatever, uh, you know, personal issues they may have had, they did have a set of ethics when it came to rock and roll. And that's what I grew up admiring. And um, so, so I learned that rock and roll as a job can be whatever you make it. You know, if you want it to be a 24-hour party, you certainly could do that. Right. I don't think you're going to last very long if you do, unless, you know, you're exceptionally lucky. Right. uh, Keith Richards comes to mind. (laughs) But uh, I always just wanted to to treat it like a job and like a career and have have it be something that could I could use to take care of my family. Right. Great, man. That's great. Uh, What was your first concert that you went to? Um, I think it was Counting Crows in like 1994. So that would have been right at the heart of uh, around here and Mr. Yeah, Jones. And I think it was before around here, but uh, I think the single at the time was a uh, long December, like in that era. I'm not sure okay. what record that was. I think that might be the same one, isn't it? August and everything after. It could be. I've sort of fallen off the wagon. I still love County Crows and I love all that. Old yeah. Stuff. Great band. I mean, arguably one of the, like they're, I put those guys in the same category as like a Hootie and the Blowfish that were absolutely freaking massive but have kind of fallen off the wayside. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure that they're all, you know, doing their own thing and are happy to be, you know, have, have had the, the career that they've had. I, I certainly would be if I were them. Oh, totally. Absolutely. I mean, they could probably fire it up again and, and play thousand seaters, you oh, know, in a pre COVID yeah. world. No problem. They did that live double album in the nineties. That was really, really great too. I, I still spin that song, uh, Chelsea. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. Yes. One. Yeah, they have a lot of really good songs. I'm curious about the uh, the Desert Island question because this kind of peels into who Dallin Weeks is. You have three records you're allowed to bring. You're on a deserted island. What are they? Um, this year's model by Elvis Costello and the Attractions. I've been trying to get Elvis Costello as a guest of this podcast forever, and I know his booking agent, and I can't get him. Oh, wow. You know, we I, uh, I played a, a show with him a couple shows, but once um, with panic years ago, our, our dressing room was directly next door to his. And I'm such a huge fan. And cool. I kept throughout the day, you know, I kept walking by his dressing room, going, you know, trying to sneak peeks. To see. Sneak a peek. <laughs> yeah, but, um, but yeah, that record for sure. It's been one of my favorites for the Yeah. Longest. Great choice. Uh, number two would probably be Weezer's Pinkerton. Okay. Uh, came out when I was like 14 or 15 and I fell in love with it immediately. It was one of those records that, you know, all of my friends kind of disparaged and didn't like because it wasn't like the blue album and it was a little too weird. And right. I, I loved, I think it took people about 10 years to come around and go, Oh, this is a really good record. But um, to me, that one's always been really special. Yeah. And then number three would probably be uh, either uh, at, Kimono My House by Sparks. Oh, I don't, I'm not even sure if I know that band. Sparks has been around since like the early 70s and they pretty much invented Queen and any number really? of bands who took a giant page out of their playbook. Okay. They still make music to this day. They've been making music as Sparks uh, for 40 something years. Wow. Legendary band. And if you go back and listen to their catalog, you'll, plainly be able to see that oh this band was born from this sparks record and this band was born from this sparks record so it's it's really cool it's one of those bands that for some inexplicable reason have flown under the radar of totally public consciousness but they deserve to be like one of the most legendary bands out there it sounds like I have some homework to do after this interview. Yeah, definitely dig into it. <laughs> with a song called Something for the Girl with Everything. Or okay. no, no, This Town Ain't Big Enough for the Both of Us. Okay. okay. That, that song is off Kimono My House. Really, really great. We have homework. I have limited time with you, so I want to rip through a few um, yeah. uh, you know, lifestyle questions. I want to get to know you more than kind of you know, what you're known for music and stuff. What are, you, what are you binging on right now? What are you binge watching? You know, I haven't been watching a lot of TV, but when I do put something on, it seems to be The Office usually, mm. and, and that's always the go-to. But um, which do you like better, the uh, original English version or the American? Well, I love both. It's been a minute since I've watched the British version, but I just started it up again maybe like two nights ago because my wife hasn't seen the British version. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> so I'm like, trying to get her into it, but uh, Ricky Gervais is just yeah. like just a jewel in, in wow. the entertainment world. 
absolutely. You, you know who else is, is great? But there's another show I haven't been binge-watching that you reminded me of. Uh, you know who Matt Berry is? He's another British comedian. Not sure. Maybe to see him. He seems to have another show every few years on the BBC or something. And it's always comedy and it's always really brilliant. But this particular show is called Toast of London. Okay. So funny. Um, so that's, that's another one that I've been binge-watching. But he, yeah. he's right up there on, on Ricky Gervais's level as far as like comedy chops. And just oh, that's rad. With uh, Chad Boswick, um, Black Panther actor passing, are you a fan of all of that or what Marvel and DC are pushing out? Or are you a big uh, superhero guy? Yeah, I've been into comics since I was a teenager. You know, I was big on X-Men and Spider-Man. And, yeah, same. Um, you know, I loved Black Panther and Chadwick's contributions to the MCU, I think were great. But I think learning about him as a person has really, really impressed me. Um, you know, unfortunately, you know, learning about how, you know, altruistic he really was came after post-mortem. Yeah. I mean, and, and like that shows the character of this guy to not be like, Oh, look at me, look at me. Look at all my endeavors I'm doing on the side. And that's it's really admirable, admirable to, quality to have. Totally. And wasn't that something like, um, was it George Michael had done that as well? Like he was giving philanthropic uh, donations, like millions of dollars to uh, charities around the world. And he never mentioned a thing. Yeah, well, that's, that's the way to do it, man. That's, that's just classy. Yeah. hundred percent. If you could have a superpower, which power would you want to have? You know what? Sign me up for whatever Superman's got, you know, yeah. those Kryptonians have a, a little bit of everything Won the lottery when it comes to, superpower so mm. what is your favorite superhero movie oh man probably that's tough call right yeah that is pretty tough i really liked uh iron man the first iron man was really great that's the one yeah like dude that's the one john favreau set that bar like dude yeah. if you're gonna make a movie about superman or batman or x-men or peter parker like here's where you need to get to yeah, I, th I think he's the, the first real director to make a superhero movie that had a, like a real grasp on how to do a comic book movie uh, based in like a real world scenario and also stayed super true to the source material as well. Yeah, I totally agree, man. Iron Man set the bar, dude, right out of the gate. And then, of course, everything just now it's I mean, Endgame was like brains exploding. watching the studio audience reactions to, to the Endgame yeah, yeah those, those are always really fun yeah can you nail it down to one career highlight thus far or is that just way too hard to pick no not at all being able to do this band has been the highlight it's everything that i ever wanted that it's just being able to create music and have nothing standing in between the initial idea and the finished product you know there's no filters there's no suits coming in and changing stuff and oh Dude, that. imagine that. Imagine being micromanaged to the point you're like, really? This is not what I want. Yeah, exactly. It, it's, it's something I have a little bit of experience with. But to, to be able to be in a situation where there is no more of that, there's, there's just total creative freedom. And the fact that there are people out there who respond to it and connect to it is, I, I really do feel like the guy that won the lottery twice. Subscribe on iTunes at Toddcast Podcast. Everywhere I go, I'm fucking losing it All these stupid people always talking shit Count me in, you know I always throw it down Turn it up, I always wanna hear it loud I'm always stressing out Strung out in the basement So sick and tired of being wasted Get me something strong, I wanna feel it burn Don't know right from wrong, not sure I'll ever learn I'm always stressing out
now, listen to this on the Toddcast Podcast. Trevor Ragin fights out of glory kickboxing. Watch his fights and you'll see that he has massive potential to be one of the greats. We'll definitely be checking into his camp over the next few years to watch his star rise. And when Trevor was a guest, we talked about the Black Panther movie, skateboarding, As a kid, watching UFC fights, we talked about legalized marijuana, aliens, and have they visited Earth. We talked about his first pro fight and watching tape of the opponents that he's about to fight. He shared a near-death experience story about driving in his car. And Trevor talked about when he thought that parents should enroll their kids into martial arts. Always a polarizing topic. Listen to this. Early, I mean, I think a lot of people can relate to me in this. I wish I started a lot earlier. Right. Um, See, I think every fighter has a conversation with says they wish they started earlier or sooner. Listen to this on the Toddcast podcast is brought to you by Tedco RV Supplies in Langley, an ICBC approved repair shop. Find them online at tedcorvsuppliesinc.com. Canadian radio stations across the country, not all over Johnny Rath. Their new song is called Bright Day. They released a live version of that song on an EP, I think it was earlier this year, maybe towards the tail end of 2019, if you're going like, why do I recognize that? That's the studio version. You can find that on an EP they just released a couple weeks back now. Awesome Vancouver band, simple, straight ahead rock, and they are great live. Played you a band called The Followaways, and their song was called Alive. And I think it was a management deal they recently signed, or maybe it was a label deal, or both. Regardless, killer band, great guys, great players. I think they've done a couple, two, three shows for the podcast now. And do you remember when they were doing these house parties prior to COVID shutting the world down? Another great idea. Gather you know, a group of your friends and rock the hell out. Few your buddies' bands as well, maybe a keg or two. Try not to smash through any walls. You know, pretty standard stuff. Okay, Todd's Trolls is coming up in just a bit. The stupid, mean, hurtful, but truly the funny things that people say to what you post, what you see online. This week, Goo Goo Dolls, 
the new animated movie Connected, and Rugby League's NRL Grand Final all have targets on their backs. Powered by The Garage, Games, and Geekery in Maple Ridge, your place to play Warhammer, D&D, Slay Trolls, and lots more. Find them online at garagegames.ca. First, let's get to the second of three Toddcast guests this week. Our sporting guest, retired NHL defenseman Brent Sopel. If you're a Vancouver Canucks fan, you will know him from getting drafted to the team, as mentioned, in 1995. With the team through the mid-2000s, traded to the New York Islanders in 2005, then traded back to the team to the Canucks in 2006 for the season. Then it was off to the Blackhawks, where he won the Stanley Cup in 2010, played for the Kings, played for the Thrashers, the Canadiens. Beyond the NHL, Sopel also played in the Continental Hockey League, which is a Russian super hockey, essentially. He also briefly played with the Chicago Wolves in the AHL before retiring from hockey in 2015. Since retiring, he's created the Brent Sopel Foundation, aimed at helping promote and raise money for youth with dyslexia. We talk in depth with him about that in the full conversation. Any hockey fan should definitely check out the full conversation. Search it out again through Toddcast Podcast, iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Till you hear that, here's 10 minutes with retired Stanley Cup winning NHL defenseman Brent Sopel. The Toddcast Podcast. What is your first hockey memory? My first hockey memory, oh, you know, being on the outdoor rink. Yeah. Question. Yeah. You know, it's growing up in Saskatchewan, you, there's an outdoor rink just about every, uh, at every school. So you could find an outdoor rink somewhere uh, at all times. And that's where I spent my life. And how old were you when you, when you first laced them up? Uh, two. You're two. Yeah. Just a little guy. Yeah. And uh, when did you realize that, like, I'm good enough to do this? I don't know if I, you know, ever did, you know, I was a, I was always a guy that, uh, you know, a slower skater and, you know, I always had to prove people wrong. So I don't know if there's ever a time where I said, you know, uh, you know, I can do this. It was, you know, uh, major AAA and going up to the WHL and getting drafted. It was just, a, you know, I always had to earn that spot and had to prove a lot of people wrong to, to earn that spot. So, um, probably it probably never did you know and <laughs> i was always looking over my shoulder for the next guy coming you know that's right. just the, the business yeah and uh of course never did win a cup with the vancouver canucks but you hoisted it with the chicago blackhawks talk about hoisting the stanley cup dude well you know obviously you know, one in a million times on the outdoor rink and it's a, a dream come true so um it's about to to know that my name's on there and uh, part of a special, special group when there's so many amazing players that played this game in the NHL that never got an opportunity to win. Talk about uh, some of the players that you played with in Vancouver that you were like, man, they're just big, big players, man. Well, you know, when that's uh, uh, that's part of the game, it's, it's you know, uh, Vancouver, we had some amazing players, you know, that's uh, Bertuzzi, Aslan, Morrison line was just, you know, the nothing, train, man. Look out. The train, nothing but spectacular to be able to be a part of and watch. And, you know, we, we had some special teams there. Just, uh, you know, came up short a couple times. And, you know, I thought uh, we had definitely had an opportunity to, to do some damage. But there's a reason why it's the hardest trophy in all four major sports to win. I was just going to say that. They say that it's the hardest, and oh, yeah. clearly it is. Well, yeah, you know, when you've got to win 16 games, you know, you've got – uh, you know, obviously NFL with three playoff games in there, then, you know, so yeah, it's, it's a grind. Um, their body takes a beating after 82 games. So, but like I said, to, to be able to win it and the hoist it, knowing my name's on there is pretty special. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And, um, before COVID shut the world down, which teams were now, obviously they're going to, and what do you think about the abbreviated, uh, um, <laughs> It's playoffs. I think it's stupid. Yeah, I, I'm not a fan either. You know, it's. Uh, I understand why it's all. You know, it, that's the business side of that that the fans don't understand. That's all about the money and the marketing dollars and stuff that Gary doesn't want to uh, give back and make himself look bad. So right, Gary's right. always making something. Got to make himself look good. And you're you're ruining two seasons just for one. You know, COVID nineteen was a 
pandemic to the whole world, not just in, in North America and China and Russia. It was everywhere. Every single country was so affected. So if there's a blank on the Stanley Cup, you know, you, that's fine. Nobody ever anticipated, saw any of this. You know, um, there's a curtain, you know, what are you supposed to do? It's, uh, it is what it is. You know, nobody wanted to see all these people die. You'd rather be playing, playing the game, you know, playing Major League Baseball, playing Stanley Cup playoffs right now than, you know, watching all the doctors on the front line doing what they're doing. And regardless, you say, well, it's going to be either it's a, a blank or it gets those little asterisks. And, and as a Canuck fan, I know that we're going to fucking win this year. And it's going to be that, like, the asterisk year of the COVID, yep. you know? Like, and that's what everybody's going to need. Did you, did you really win? No, you know, it'll never, you know, you won, but you'll never really think you won. You know, you didn't go through the whole grind of, uh, you know, mid-April to to mid-June. You know, you went through the COVID grind. Right. Still a grind, but it's not the full grind. That's why the asterisks, right? I don't want the asterisks. I want the win, man. Yeah. All right, Brent, uh, talk to us about your foundation, BrentSopelFoundation.org. Yeah, I started my foundation uh, a couple years ago. You know, I found out 10 years ago that I'm dyslexic and, uh, you know, through that, you know, through my struggles, uh, I decided to, you know, start my own foundation and a lot of it's for, for advocating and, uh, you know, helping get teachers trained in Wilson Reading and Orton Gillingham. And, but, you know, um, I was saying it to change the world, but before I could do that, I can educate, I got to educate the world. I only think about 20% of the population actually know what dyslexia is. And what's the percentage, do you know, offhand of the people that actually are dyslexic? My brother, my older brother is for sure. Yeah, it's, it's one in five. So one in 20%. 20% of the people. And it's hereditary. So autism is one in 65 and not hereditary. Hmm. So, when it's, it, you know, you just keep passing on, you know, it keeps going and going and going. So it's, it's not going anywhere. It's uh, you know, something that you're born with. You can't take a shot or a pill or anything. It is what it is. So are you, are you raising money? Is there a way for that to be fought? Like, how do they, how do they fight this? Well, yeah, you know, I'm obviously raising money so that I can advocate for these kids. And, you know, when you're talking about uh, 20% of the population, it doesn't matter what, uh, where you're from, it doesn't race, gender, sex, it doesn't matter if you're Russian or Chinese or Japanese or, or, you know, Canadian, it, it affects everybody. So, you know, raise the money so I'm able to to go to schools and able to advocate for these kids and get them to uh, understand what uh, you know what their goals are and what their strengths and weaknesses are. And uh, I've been up the White House speaking, you know, a couple times, and going to go cool. back up there whenever I can get back up there with everything going on. How are you with the public speaking? Is that because a lot of people are like, man, I'd rather just take a bullet. No, I you know that's part of my dyslexia. I could you know stand in crowds of you know two to you know thousands. It doesn't. It doesn't bother me. So nice. Um, you know, God gave me a gift to be able to do that. Yeah, nice. Okay, Brent, I'd like to get outside of uh, hockey, and of course, what you're known for. Everybody knows you for hockey, but let's get into who Brent Sopel is. What was the music in the Sopel house like as a kid growing up? Like, what are the bands that your parents are playing? Oh, I got to go back to the. Oh, jeez. You gotta go way back. Then now that's really date. That's really dated me. Digging gotta into get, the cobwebs here. Gotta get the vinyls out. Totally. <laughs> you know, my parents. You know, my parents weren't big music people. They weren't big. No, no. no they didn't have. You know, uh, in you know, in the vehicles that was. But uh, there wasn't a lot of music playing on at home. Me, you know, that's completely. It's a different story. I love. I love my music, and um, you know, it's a part of me, but. Uh, I don't know if they were too cheap to buy vinyls or what it was. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm interested. Uh, I've been asking this question lately of my guests. Um, it's the deserted island question. You're, you're stuck on a deserted island. Which three albums do you need? Which three albums? Oh, Tragically Hip. Yes. Uh, Metallica. Ooh, which one? I don't know. I either do I go with Master Puppets or do I enter Sandman? Yeah. Can't, can't go wrong with either, I guess. And then uh, I like what, what's over your uh, right shoulder. Oh, some rage door. or zap. Love rage. Love we were, rage. They were supposed to be here. They were supposed to be here in Chicago three weeks ago. Yeah, man. I mean, so many <laughs> shows, so many tours just postponed. Like postponed for like, dude, like like a year or and, two. And that's, that's optimistic. Or yeah, or, or two or three or four. Like who knows how long it's going to take? You know, nobody knows. 
Well, they were tossing around the idea. Live Nation were tossing around the idea of like a drive-in, like you go see Rage, but but out of you know a drive-in, and however that works, you maybe get a board feed into your car, and you can kind of mess with the volume. For I don't know how that would work, but yeah, what a weird way to see a show, though. I don't know if I'm, I don't know about that. No, I uh, I don't know. You know, really now, you know, you talk about the that, and you get the four major sports coming up here. You know, golf's got no fans nascar's got no fans you got nba is coming up here baseball you know are they gonna be playing with fans are they not gonna be playing with fans and and what a weird way to to play like as a pro athlete like could you imagine play right like how weird is it's it's same for like you know are you a fan of ufc like ufc fights like not like nobody in the like nobody it's nobody just two dudes fighting yeah i i can do that in my living room (laughs) (laughs) totally (laughs) You know, you know, in, in Stanley Cup playoffs, you're going to be playoff with empty buildings. Like, uh, yeah, I, I just, I'm not a big fan of it all. I, you know, that's the business side of things that everybody doesn't understand. But yeah. uh, I don't like, I don't like anything about it. it yeah, it's, a, it's an odd world for sure. What's your take on legalized marijuana? Came to Canada about a year <laughs> and a half ago. You know, there's, two, you know, obviously being part of uh, uh, addiction, and uh, you haven't been sober for you know, creeping up almost four years of knock on wood. Um, obviously, you know, medical marijuana is great. You know, it can do some major benefits for, uh, you know, for patients and pain and um, used in the right way. I just, the hard part is that, you know, kids think that it's, you know, it's okay, you know, to be smoking pot at a young age. And, you know, it's, it's clinically proven that it's a gateway drug from, you know, 14 to 22 because the brain's still developing. So the developmental uh, part. Yeah. yeah. So as a, uh, you know, as a, uh, an alcoholic and guy did a lot of drugs and, you know, that part is a, a hard part to, to get across kids when they, Oh, it's legal. And it's not legal, but you know, so, um, but for the medical side of things, you know, uh, from what I know and what people that use it, uh, it's wonders. Subscribe on iTunes at Toddcast Podcast.
The Toddcast Podcast is powered by Milano Coffee, bringing you the finest espresso and coffee concepts in the world. Online at milanocoffee.ca. A look at this week's keyboard warriors, Todd's Trolls, on the Toddcast Podcast. And in true fashion, the trolls were out in full force, as they always are. It doesn't matter what it is. No one and nothing is safe. Take the Goo Goo Dolls. Their song Iris is one of the biggest songs of the last 20 years. Number one on Billboard for 18 weeks. Spurred them on to sell more than 12 million albums worldwide. Goo Goo Dolls released their It's Christmas All Over album in a few days on October 30th. More like Poo Poo Dolls, am I right? A Christmas album in October? Guys, come on, settle down. 1995 just called, and they still don't care about this band. This one was just released to theaters this past weekend, Connected, an animated movie about a creative outsider named Katie, voiced by Abby Jacobson, who gets accepted into the film school of her dreams. Her dad, Rick, played by Danny McBride, gathers the family to drive her across the country for one last family hang before Katie goes off to school. Saw the trailer. Should be good. I'm sure Danny McBride will find a way to screw it up, though. There's people starving in the streets, and they're making movies like this? Cool. Makes sense. Great. Yet another shitty movie I'll have to sit through with my kids. And the Rugby League NRL Grand Final was just a couple of days ago, October 25th. It's a big one for the sport, held at the Sydney Cricket Ground in Australia. Not to be a dick, but name one pro rugby player. See? You can't do it. Yeah, you can go ahead and postpone this indefinitely. Seriously, nobody but the players would care. Must be a slow sports week. Todd's Trolls on the Toddcast podcast is powered by The Garage, Games and Geekery. Your place to play RPGs, board games, and Warhammer in Maple Ridge. Online at garagegames.ca. Tell me all your secrets, you said. Showing up half cut at 3 a.m. I can't keep going through the motions, just every lie. There's no sense in running around pretending like we're gonna stick it out. Oh, but it's still her that I crave.
certainly a jewel within Vancouver's music scene. The band is Winter Youth. The song is half cut, and their singer Emily is one of my favorite Vancouver voices. Just an incredible singer. Love her voice. Seen them a few times as well. Always amazing. If you get a chance to see them, do it. You heard a band called Folk Roadshow, and their song was called Fuck Your Cool. That's your, Y-O-U-R, cool, if you know how to use the your, your, your. If you recognize the voice, that's because it's Dom Frico, longtime podcast favorite. Uh, did you catch him doing that acoustic cheap thrills night? Holy hell, he had the crowd in the palm of his hand from the get-go. I mean, literally, getting them stomping, clapping along, acapella first song, crazy good night. Dom's now living in Germany unfortunately. So the chances of you seeing him live in Vancouver are, are very slim, unless of course you're traveling to Europe sometime soon. Although he does, he came back to Vancouver from time to time. And it was the last time he was here was last Christmas. He played a show at um, Gilton Company. Speaking of live music, check the indie scene at toddhancock.ca. Vancouver's music scene is starting to slowly come alive. Live stream shows, smaller shows, the quiet decibels. Find them or the ones that I find or the ones that the bands tell me about, again, through toddhancock.ca. Brought to you by Mystic Rhythms Rehearsal Studios, 40 years, 40 plus years experience in the music industry. Find them through mysticrhythms.ca. Okay, our final guest of this episode 230, this week's entertainment guest, author and blogger, Abby Simpson. That is brought to you by Tomes. Can't sleep? Can't fall asleep? Can't stay asleep? Insomnia? Let them help. The first seven nights are 100% free at tomes.com. That's T-A-U-M-M-H-O-M-S.com. T-A-U-M-M-H-O-M-S.com. Abby Simpson is a published author and blogger and a contributor to the Dean Blundell Network. That's actually how we found out about Abby. She's a great follow on social media, by the way. Find her at Abby the Tweet on Twitter. That's where she's most active. She worked in promotions in radio for about a decade. The writing bug right now has a hold of her. Her bio says, hashtag dumpster writer. (laughs) Uh, You'll find sports, TV, food, culture, opinions in general on her feed on social media, which is one of the best things about Abby, sharing her opinion on her feed. Uh, With a great conversation, you can check it out right now through iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Again, a search of Toddcast Podcast. Till you hear that, here's 10 minutes with author and blogger, Abby Simpson. The Toddcast Podcast. How old were you when you got the the writing bug? Like how how did you kind of get into that? Six years old when I started writing, really. Like honestly, like I've been writing fiction all my life. I um, could remember being in grade one and every day in grade one, we'd have to journal. It was really about us just like, learning how to write letters and right sentences. form a sentence exactly. at that point exactly yeah. um so every day we would be doing these journals talking about anything we wanted and i would write basically every single day was a new chapter in the life of my friends so i was doing fin fiction for my friends from age six and so i've always enjoyed writing fiction writing at all and um I just sort of in the last like year or so um, really decided that writing can be more than a hobby. And I've just kind of gone for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you must get this a lot from, you know, the, the community. What mm-hmm. do you do when you're struggling for ideas and you're kind of running into that, like, ah, I can't do it. Honestly, it, it entirely, I think it depends on what is blocking you. Um, some people write really, really well when they're really low, I guess. Um, yeah. Some people can take darkness and pain and turn it into beautiful art. And for me, like 2020 has been a bit of like just awful all around. Like I lost my dad earlier this year and that was the biggest thing that was awful. It was just soul right. crushing we, we talked about that on the yes, on the Blundell podcast and exactly and so I mean that's something that I Abby I mean I I didn't mention this when we were talking with Dean but it's something that I can't identify with because both my parents are still alive so like the and the, and I haven't lost a brother you know or close friends or anything really uh, with the exception of like my grandparents so it's yeah it's really hard for for someone to kind of wrap their head around just how much of a 
I mean, and yeah, like my dad was my first like big loss like that for me. Obviously, yeah, I've lost all my grandparents, but you you right. expect that a little bit more on a different level. Um, so for yeah, it's just been a whole ringer of emotions I've never really felt before. Um, I just haven't been able to sort of find that creative spark at all. Mm. Um, it's been really frustrating too because sometimes I'll come up with an idea and I'll want to write it down and I just couldn't do it. I had absolutely no energy, um, ability to like be creative. And when that is an outlet for you, otherwise it just sort of, it's really frustrating. It was really, it's really been hard, but, um, I had an idea come to me the other day and I sort of spent the weekend writing it and I'm actually like, you know, it's super early stages and it may come to nothing, but the fact that I'm actually writing again is making me really happy. So yeah. Yay. Something about getting out of that funk. Have you been, uh, finding you're watching still as much TV and movies and stuff as you did at the start of COVID? Is oh, it, yeah. is it, are you still ramped up there? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's hard not to be. Yeah. Well, and I was, I was before too. Like I was not, um, like I was definitely a Netflix person <laughs> beforehand, if you will. Yeah. Um, Same. Yeah. So th- that was not something that was like terribly impacted by the pandemic for me. I was just like, okay, so right. Well, I guess I have an excuse <laughs> to just sit <laughs> and binge yes, something. Yes, it's COVID. That's why. Yes. Exactly. What, what are you watching right now? What are you, what are you binging? Um, what am I binging? Oh, so, well, I guess I'm, it's on Prime, but I was watching a couple historical dramas. Um, and that's kind of sort of what has spurred my um, creativity again, I guess. And oh. I don't know. I don't know. Cause I don't usually write these things either. So it's uh I don't really know who I am right now, <laughs> but I don't, part of me has thought to myself, maybe, you know, there's a part of me because this is definitely the kind of book my dad would have been really into, yeah. uh, really into. <laughs> so maybe that's part of it. I don't know, but this topic really interests me and I'm like super into it, nerding out a bit right now. So, um, those I've been watching, um, I just finished away the Hillary Swank, uh, in space one yeah, that's <laughs> uh, that's on my list how was that i mean i you know what i liked it so but i awesome. like stuff like that i yeah. like post-apocalyptic it's not really post-apocalyptic it's just future um but i kind of like that what if sci-fi um future right kind of themes and um obviously it's about a shuttle that's going to mars to see if they can actually grow food on mars because earth is dying and it's it's a little complicated i guess you know in terms of like is it the upper echelons of that kind of genre um probably not like it it's kind of do you remember did you ever watch the man in the high castle on prime mm, no so the man in the high castle though for me is similar where it's this really high concept in a way um story that is so interesting in itself but the elements of the show whether it's the chemistry of the actors or the simplicity i guess of the script just doesn't really lend itself to that really big idea you know it's not like whereas game of thrones really had like that complicated story but all of the elements of the series really matched it in a way, which helped it become so big. Mm. Trippy. Isn't it funny? You're saying it's set in the future. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it has to be because it, like, it has to be. Yeah. They're going to Mars. Yeah. So but like, it's not too, too far in the future, but it's, it's kind of in the handmaid's tale, you know, maybe 20 years. <laughs> right. It's coming around. Let me switch. Uh, let me switch gears here and, and hit into the music side of, of Abby Simpson. What's the okay. music you're growing up to in, in, in the house? Like what are your parents playing? Um, okay. So, well, my dad worked in radio, so oh. I, I do remember at like five years old, I knew who queen and the Beatles were. Nice. Um, and obviously I grew up on Sharon Lewis and Bram and 
all that stuff too. You of know, course. he would get promo tickets to when Sharon Lewis and Bram came to town and he would take us. <laughs> nice. <laughs> like celebrities. It's so fun. Um, and my mom, I remember she had three CDs she listened to a lot that are kind of embedded in my memory. And that was uh, Janet Jackson's Janet album and Bonnie Raitt's Luck of the Draw. Okay. And Tears for Fear's Greatest Hits. And wow. I love them all to this day. <laughs> Great okay. records. I mean, that, that yeah. at this point now, they must be, you know, it's almost like comfort music. Oh, I, well, I love Tears for Fears too. Like, so they're just damn good. So freaking, I mean, Bonnie Raitt's incredible. And that was definitely the height of Janet's career for sure. Yeah. Um, that Janet era. Um, all the songs on that album are fantastic too. So yeah. mm-hmm. I didn't know that your dad worked in radio. Where, where did he work? What did he do? He was music director at FM 96 in London for oh, London, Ontario. Years. Okay. Yeah. I grew oh. up there. I was, oh. I was there till I was 20 and then I went to school in Ottawa for two years and then I moved out to BC. Oh, um, wow. what, yeah. what, what made you, what made you move out this way? Uh, I got a job at Rogers Radio in Vancouver, actually. I worked in promo okay. um, in radio for about a decade. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, and uh, Yeah. Surprise. Yeah. I'm on my like, second life as far as careers go, I guess, right? Maybe third. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's great. <laughs> so obviously with your dad being a music director, like it was big. Music's yeah. big in your, in your house. Absolutely. Yes. Well, that's cool. Definitely. And I mean, I had my um, teeny bopper phase, obviously. I grew up, I was a teenage girl in the late 90s, early 2000s. So yeah. you can guess what my musical taste was like. Oh, I bet you it was probably pretty good. What was the, <laughs> what was your first concert? My first, so the first concert I went to for myself, like not, because I would go to shows with my, I remember I helped introduce the Tragically Hip on stage when I was like three. <laughs> that was fun um how awesome is that yeah because it was was like really like what was it it would have been what 88 so they were just breaking if you wow like it was like their early early career and they did a show at harris park in london ontario and my dad was one of the music directors across the country who was like on their music right away um and when they came and they did this this show i think it was a free show in harris park um my dad did the like introduction from the stage and he brought me out with him. So that I got to into the microphone. Just... Tragically hit. Oh, that's so rad. Yeah. What a cool and, memory. Uh, mm-hmm. Definitely. Entertainment guests of the Toddcast podcast are powered by Tomes, where quality sleep matters. Find out more at Tomes.com. That's T-A-U-M-M-H-O-M-S.com.
Absolutely love that one. Tanya Aganaba and her song was Villain. That's taken from her performance at the Toddcast podcast, Cheap Thrills 15. I think that was last late last year, September, maybe December. What a night. Super comfortable on stage. She has a unique voice, a great storyteller, some really funny moments, getting some really serious moments in there as well. She's not afraid to share her opinion, let's say. Easily one of my favorite local performers, one of my favorite people in the scene. Really looking forward to next week. These are fun to put together. You'll hear a career highlights podcast where 12 guests will share their stories. Former Pantera, Hell Yeah, Damage Plan drummer Vinnie Paul, rest in peace Vinnie. He's not in next week's podcast, but check out what he had to say about career highlights. I mean, there's several. Uh, obviously, being in Hell Yeah, being a part of this, making what I think is the very best record we've ever made collectively as a band, undeniable. I feel really, really proud about that. Super cool to have uh, the Phil Collins track, I Don't Care Anymore, on there with my brother's performance. Uh, you know, for people to be able to hear him on the airways again in 2016 was just really big and really special. Uh, having a number one album in 1994 with Pantera, when the world was uh, taken by surprise, and they were like, that overnight sensation, we're like, bullshit, we've been doing this for seven years nonstop, you know, all over the world, and the fans have spoken, man. We outsold Bonnie Raitt, we outsold Ace of Bass, we outsold all those bands and had a number one record, man, so... Uh, that was a huge highlight. And then uh, playing in Moscow uh, in 92 on the Monsters of Rock to a million people, probably never played to a crowd that big ever again. And uh, playing with ACDC and Metallica, you know, uh, that we just put out, uh, or just about to put out Vulgar Display of Power. So uh, the people that really didn't know us, didn't know anything about our music, and they treated us like Led Zeppelin, man. It was just one of the, the greatest days ever. So I'd say those are probably my three top highlights. Again, on next week's podcast, you'll hear 12 guests talking about career highlights, so you can look forward to that. I wanted to give a big thanks to this week's guests, of course. I don't know how, but they found me singer Dallin Weeks. Right on, man. Thank you again for taking the time to hang. Thank you so much for sharing the podcast as much as you do on social media. That's very cool. Dig your stuff, man, and uh, say hi to Ryan for me, and I guess we'll talk soon. Retired NHL defenseman Brent Sopel, dude, same to you. Appreciate you sharing our chat as much as you have. And as I was saying when we were talking, I'm a big Canuck, I'm a huge Canucks fan. Truly an honor to talk and thankful that you were as rad as you are. And author, blogger Abby Simpson, you are awesome. Can't wait to get everybody in the Blundell Network, the West Coast Division, together for some drinks and appies and no doubt we'll see each other sooner than later. Socially distanced, of course. And that's going to do it for this episode 230. My name is Todd Hancock. Thank you again for listening. Um, if you like what you heard, please tell your friends about us. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud. You can also find the podcast at toddhancock.ca. As mentioned earlier, we're part of the Dean Blundell Network out of Toronto, deanblundell.com. And we're on the Boot Crew Media Network out of New Orleans as well at Boot Crew crewmedia.com oh and rate and comment on the podcast that will help out with search results look us up again toddcast podcast huge thanks to all of our wonderful sponsors find links to all sponsor websites at toddhancock.ca if you'd like to sponsor the podcast you know you can for as little as 10 bucks a day it's cheap it's a couple cups of coffee contact the info at the home page maybe we'll talk soon and see what we can do together till next week don't be an asshole. Nobody wants to be around that. Have fun. Play hard. And most of all, believe in yourself. The Toddcast Podcast. Keep in touch with Todd through Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And bookmark ToddHancock.ca. 